1: Hello there, and welcome to the I Never Knew podcast, also known as Inc. This show dives into the life experiences of people who have been through it all and have come through the other side stronger, better, and triumphant. Each story is raw, authentic, and, at times, heartbreaking. One thing joins it all together. The fact that the stories can help the listener learn and grow. Hosted by Life Coach Maureen, she sits down each episode with a new guest who will empower the listener to set out on their self-discovery journey and start to heal. Now you'll be joined by Maureen and her special guest. Please enjoy the show.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of I never knew, but my dog did podcast. I am Maureen Scanlon, your host and life coach Maureen, as most of you know me. So excited that everyone is here today. I really appreciate it. I do want to extend just a, uh, today's a day of gratitude and I, i was thinking today of what was I grateful for? And it really is, it's my listeners, it's my clients, it's my podcast guests. It's everyone who takes that time. You're not paid to be here, but you take that time because you care. You wanna be inspired, you want self-help, you wanna live a better life, be a better human. And so my gratitude today is to you for being here with us. And when I say us, I say Me and my next guest, who is absolutely fantastic, His first of all, I love the way he answers the questions on the questionnaire because I can feel his energy and just his, his humor and his passion in what he does. So let me tell you about my next guest, Steve Gallegos. So he is America's ambassador on success. How fabulous is that title? He is dedicated to empowering individuals in the public eye, such as stage and TV performers, musicians, actors, public figures, and business leaders to overcome challenges related to self-identity, communication, and relationships. With a diverse background as a U.S. Marine, Thank you for your service. Law enforcement officer, singer-songwriter, board-certified civil trial lawyer, internet entrepreneur, and published photographer, Steve draws upon his wealth of real-world experience to inspire and guide his clients and audiences. Okay, that resume is just like, you know, jack-of-all-trades expert at all, for one thing. He has a mission to elevate others. Steve is a true visionary. Using his unique blend of skills and experience to transform the lives of those he works with, create a better world for us all, which is what I love so much. In addition to his speaking engagements, Steve is also the co-founder and president of the Voices of Impact Awards, a celebration of the songs and stories that inspire and uplift humanity. And we are going to get into what the Voices of Impact Awards are Oh my goodness, my heart is so full and I have goosebumps. How are you? And welcome, Mr. Steve Gallegos.
3: Maureen, I'm outstanding. Thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction. And I love the way that you introduce your show. It is so genuine and authentically you, you know, the little bit that, I, that I've that i known you, but it's, it's fabulous. A lot of shows that I've been on, you know, the people say, hey, welcome to, you know, episode whatever, and then they launch right into it, but you actually- um, you you love what you're doing you really do and you you embrace your audience and you honor your audience which which is really good so kudos to you i'm i'm excited to be on your show
2: oh you sweet man thank you for those kind words the way i see it and i think it it just transpires transpires with my listeners is I just want to have conversations. I don't want anyone to feel like we have to have any kind of a format or, you know, we have enough of that in our lives. I think we have enough rules and regulations and limits in our lives. This should not be one of them. And if people are coming here to learn and be entertained, let's just let it flow. And that's what we're all about. And and I know we already can feel genuine and authentic you are so here on i never knew we start with our knee story you know the impactful struggle heartbreaking whatever it was in your life and and we've had many moments i know all of us in different phases but really if you can sort of pinpoint that time in your life where you were like man this is just not where i want to be something is stopping me from being fulfilled what's your knee story?
3: Oh my goodness, I have several of them, um, but it all started with one, right? Because first of all, none of us get out of this life alive, if you will, right? And (laughs) by what I mean, that is obviously there's going to be an end to our journey here on earth. And however you believe is going to happen afterwards is going to happen afterwards, in accordance to whatever plan uh, you believe exists for you. But while we're here, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. And a lot of people do want it to be. Um, But I did a TED Talk several years ago where I talk about the idea of bad things happen and why that's good. And because, and I use the example in that talk about uh, the reason, Maureen, we go on vacation, most of us, most of us are bored after a couple of days sitting on the beach sipping Mai Tais. It's like, Okay, I'm bored, I need something to do. And we can't wait to go back home and get back into the mix of things. emails, solving problems and those kinds of things. And the reason is that because we're here, I believe in large part to solve problems, not just for ourselves, but for others, mm-hmm. right? And so none of us make it through without any struggle. And my struggle started early on uh, when I entered this world. Um, my parents programmed me to believe that I was a good for nothing. Uh, and I didn't understand why until many, many years later after studying personal development and the human mind and, you know, where we come from, where we're going, why we do what we do. But they experienced a lot of abuse and, and struggle when they were children, too. And so their only knowledge of how to express love to their children was to abuse them, call them names and, and, and those kinds of things. So growing up, uh, thinking and believing that I was good for nothing... Well, the more good for nothing I became, uh, such that I attempted suicide multiple times before I was 17 years old, because I didn't realize my value, I didn't uh, recognize my worth, I, I, I didn't know what the future looked like, or what it, what would be um, in store for me, you know, after, for example, high school. So as I tried, the, the the times that I did try to take my life, there was always something inside of me that says, no, don't do it. And I would unwrap the plastic bag that I'd wrapped around my head and take a deep breath and cry and you know, just go on with my life until the next episode. And um, uh, a friend of mine, my high school girlfriend, actually gave me a book called The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And in it, I read seven words that actually changed and impacted my life. And those seven words were, change your thoughts and change your world. Now, Maureen, to be honest with you, even though I had read the book or some of it, I didn't know that it was possible to change your thoughts. I didn't know what that meant. I had no concept that really, is that possible? It was just something that was way over my head. But the last part of that phrase, change your world, I knew I could do that. And that to me meant running away from home Mm -hmm. because I'd done that before as a kid and I had a good experience. I wish I could have, you know, back then where I ran away to just stayed there. But it didn't work out that way. So I said, "Uh uh-huh, well, I'm going to run away from home again, because now I can. And so I ran away from home to join the United States Marine Corps. Talk about jumping from the frying pan into the fire, right? (laughs) Um, And it was during those 13 weeks in boot camp where uh, I learned that everything that I had been programmed to believe about myself in the prior 17 years was absolute lie. And that I was valuable, that I was good for something, that I did have worth, that I did have something to contribute to the world, but I have to express also that I didn't realize it in those terms even then, right? Mm -hmm. So even then, I knew that all that stuff was BS, that my parents had led me to believe about myself, but I hadn't quite gotten to the maturity level to recognize I do have value, I do have worth. I did say, yeah, I can do stuff. And... Real quickly, what happened there was there was three um, other Marines or or recruits to become Marines in my boot camp class, who were primarily Spanish speaking and they were struggling with the academic portion of the training. And nobody asked me to do this Marine nobody suggested it but I decided to tutor them. And so at night when everybody else had gone to bed, the four of us would wake up and we'd go sit on the cold wet musty tile floors of the showers in the uh, Paris Island squad base. And there I would go over that day's material. I would translate it from English to Spanish. We would have a discussion about it so that I knew they understood it. About a week and a half, two weeks into this, we're doing our thing. And then our drill instructor starts coming in. We just hear yelling and cussing. It's about two 30 in the morning, yelling and cussing and screaming. And, and, and it sounded like, or, or he must have heard voices in the shower which he did, and he just must have thought, ah, oh, there's four scumbags in the shower that are up to no good and I'm gonna go get them and get them, get rid of them and all this stuff. Well, when he came upon us and he saw us sitting on the floor with our you know, notebooks sitting in front of us and you know, scared the you know what out of us, I got up and put my heart back into my chest and I stood <laughs> up and I said, sir, because he had asked what we were doing. He explained. I explained it to him, and he looked at us like in disbelief. Really, you guys aren't getting freaky in here? No, we're just studying, <laughs> right? right? So, um, so he left us alone. He said, "Carry on." Well, fast forward to the end of boot camp. I graduate number one in the class, meaning the the equivalent of valedictorian, and my three friends graduated in the top ten. And as a result of that experience, I was awarded that honor man position, and I was given the Marine dress blue uniform. My first rank and I was celebrated because of what I did, because of taking my eyes off myself and putting a, onto someone else. And that first experience was my first real experience with the wow factor of what life is and what life can be. And I developed my my personal philosophy from that experience is that I achieve my dreams, helping others achieve theirs. Meaning that if I can do for somebody else to get them where they want to be, I don't even have to ask for it. It's going to come from them or for somewhere else in the universe, but I'm going to eventually get what I want. And this was long before I knew who Zig Ziglar was, who coined the phrase, you know, um, a, a similar phrase. I forget the exact phrase, though, but it was, um, you know, do for others and your dreams will, will happen. Um, so that was the beginning of my story.
2: Yes, all of that is so great. And and I wrote down some, some notes. And, and what I love is what you said at the very beginning, we're here to solve problems, whether it's our own or others. Um, and that's just in the big scheme of things. We're here for experiences. We don't want rainbows and butterflies every day. What that would be boring. Like you said, we don't sit on a beach. You know, we don't want to stay there for eternity and and have no stimulation. You have to have, I think you have to have a little bit of chaos in your life. You have to have a little bit of loss of control and a little bit of controversy. And that's what gets you to grow. If we don't have that stuff, we stay stagnant. Just like we were talking about off, off air COVID gets you stag, made us sort of stagnant and made us look at ourselves and say, what kind of challenges do I like? Something you said that I really love is you said, it didn't sink in yet about my worth or my value consciously, but you said, but I realized I can do stuff. And I think that's so beautiful because it was just steps. And and I was in that same place as you where, because in order to believe something, it has to be repetitive. It's like learning the ABCs or tying your shoe. To have a belief, and they say three times, you know, you create a habit or you create a belief. And so, doing that with your your marine mates, and and finding that you found value in that, you started to believe. Then the belief started, and then you got validated by it, and then you went, "Hey, wait a minute, this feels really good." And when we talk about especially this podcast, every every guest who has overcome something has brought that experience to helping others in some way or another, writing about it, talking about it, speaking about it, advocating, starting addiction recovery groups. It's funny how we think, well, who's going to help me? But the minute you help someone else is what's helping you. And that's where the healing comes from. Correct. And- I, I just think you're so 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 fantastic so wow so you get these these beautiful awards for um, in the military then you go to law enforcement after the marines how was yes, that for you so
3: did it was um it was an exciting time and it was it it was an obvious transition from going to military to law enforcement because they're you know, essentially two sides of the same coin. It's just you're serving in different environments, especially because in the Marine Corps, once I was out um, and I finished my uh, basic training and then my weapons training, um, I was uh, in the infantry and I was involved in the um, backup evacuation forces for the evacuation of Saigon in 1975. And when I came back from that, because I didn't like the idea of you're 17 years old, time to make your will. And I'm like, what do I have? I leave my record collection to my little brother. I leave my bicycle to my older brother kind of thing, right? That was the yeah. experience back then. But I didn't like that. Um, so when we came back to, to base and I was stationed in Hawaii, um, we, uh, I transferred to the military police. And so I had almost two and a half years of being a military police officer in uh, Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. And so you're f- basically federal law enforcement. You go through a police academy and all that training, et cetera. And so it was a natural transition to get into civilian law enforcement in terms of work. But there I found another conflict because what I really wanted to do and just going back to when I was a kid, and remember I said that my parents had dubbed me good for nothing. Um, There was one thing that I could do, Maureen, where I captured everyone's attention. It wasn't science, it wasn't English, it wasn't football or anything like that. It was when I opened my mouth to sing. When I opened my mouth to sing, people stopped what they were doing, paid attention, applauded. And so I became like a Pavlov dog, right? (laughs) Open my mouth to sing, you get admiration, respect, and attention. I said, yes. So I set my sights early on as a kid that I was going to be a superstar singer. Right? Not because I wanted to be a superstar singer. Again, I didn't know that back then, much later on in my adult years, after pursuing a singing career um, quite successfully um, in Los Angeles for many, many years, it dawned on me that I really didn't want the fame and fortune and notoriety because I want the ability to leave my house and not have a bunch of cameras or journalists (laughs) following me around, watching my every move and, you know, can't go out with my wife and those kinds of things, right? Invasion of privacy. So what was I after? I was after what I thought was love, right? The attention that I got from singing because every time I sang, like I said, yay, yay, more, more, more. And every other time when I did regular schoolwork or homework or whatever, I didn't exist, right? I was like the non-existing kid. And so um, I grew up leaving That love was gained from the stage. And so um, while I'm in law enforcement, and the reason I moved from the Marine Corps in Hawaii to Los Angeles, California, is because L.A. was the music capital of the world. I'd never been to L.A. before. So I'm there as a police officer, and I'm singing clubs at night. And my commander used to harass me because he'd say, you know, you're going out to these clubs at night singing and people are doing lines of Coke in front of you at the table and said, you're in a police officer. Why don't you arrest them? I said, they can do what they want. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there as law enforcement. I'm there to sing and entertain and, and, you know, and, and have fun. And so it was always a conflict. And then I get to the point where as a police officer, it's a very close community As, you know, we're seeing today, there's that blue line that, you know, you don't cross if you wear the uniform. And um, there's just a lot of negativity outside of being a police officer. And so we would circle around, we would circle the wagon, so to speak, and we would only hang out with cops. And when we hung out together, we would talk shop, we would talk cop things. Everybody else was against us. It was us against them, right? Um, And I didn't like that feeling. I knew there was something that w- it was, was a disconnect. Even though I engaged in it, and even though I participated in it, and even though it was my life, I knew that I wanted something different. And so, <clears throat> I left law enforcement to pursue a law career, only because one of the judges that I worked for as a bailiff in his courtroom, um, while I was with the uh, uh, in law enforcement, he said you know what, you're pursuing an entertainment career, why don't you become an entertainment lawyer? Because they run the whole business and you can open doors as a lawyer that you could never open as one in a million singer songwriters trying to make it in the business. So I said, oh, that sounds cool. And I can wear Armani suits too. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. So I said, why not? So that's why I went to law school. Not because I wanted to save the world and fight for justice, even though I eventually I did that and I did it very well, um, uh, became board certified and everything, but it wasn't the reason that I did it, right? And so looking back at this, the reason I joined the Marine Corps wasn't to join the Marine Corps it was to run away from home. The reason I went into law enforcement was not to become a cop. It was an easy job while I was pursuing my music career. The reason I became a lawyer was not to become a lawyer. It was to open doors to to further my music career. Interesting, isn't it?
2: I, I really um. like that because you know that's really helpful to myself and listeners cuz i tend to be an overthinker and and when i'm planning something like i'm i'm kind of an all in or all out it's like i'm either going to go in instinctively with the intuition and the 5 second rule and it feels good i'm doing it or right. i'm or i'm the other side where i got to think it to death and then i talk myself out of it and i i love that you start off in life like you're good for nothing you're not worth anything and you just kept changing the trajectory of your path by creating this thing and having an upbringing very similar to yours you know love my parents and and as they've gotten older we've we've you know confronted a lot of things and and same thing we've real- i've realized they just carried on these these you know generational beliefs mm-hmm. until I decided I'm not doing that anymore. And so they were the ones where, you know, there could be a beautiful blue sky out there and there's one gray cloud and they'd point out the one gray cloud to me. So I always doubted the, because I wanted to be an actress. That was my Mm. absolute dream in high school. I was in, you know, the drama club. And then I went to run away from home and got married at 18. And we went, he joined the military. We were in Germany. So Mm. our stories are so... Similar, And it was, it was just an escape, but I never escaped what the problems were. And right. then I went into the similar after divorce, went into similar abusive narcissistic relationships. So I love that you said nothing I did really was planned. I just did it. So listeners, I think the, the moral of that is don't overthink it. Sometimes just go with whatever the flow is taking you and you'll figure it out it'll the lesson will come I and mean, we don't have to have the reason when we're doing it. So I, that's fantastic. And then the duplicity of this dual life, I'm a police officer yet this real part of who I really am is this singer, songwriter and entertainer. I, I love that. And then you take that passion into law where, you know, that can help others. And then that goes into more service. So, I just love that now, where do we where do we go? Because your story just keeps going on and on and i i'm I'm just completely um, enamored and intrigued. and so, we're only getting
3: we're only getting started but I want get but but you said yeah. something just so critical. I think you summed up the whole show there when you said the moral of the story is just do it. And the reason, Maureen, that people don't do it and they overthink it and those kinds of things, I want to remind everybody, your your beautiful audience, that the reason that you're having that inkling, right, that nudge, that urge to go explore, to move, to switch jobs, to switch relationships, to get into a relationship, to get out of a relationship, to move to a new city, to visit a new country, the reason that you have that inkling, that doesn't come from just out of nowhere. That is your guidance system you have a we each of us have a personal guidance system right and if we learn just to sit and be quiet and listen to that prompting, there's a reason you're getting a prompting for that and not to jump out of airplanes there's a reason you're getting a prompting to go to law school to become an actor or or write a book and not go and um you know, study rocket science or whatever it is, right? Yeah. There's a reason for that. So follow that prompting and just keep following it. Each step, each step, each step, and the path will become clear. I mean, we've heard that so many times, right? We've seen it in movies, Indiana Jones, I think one of his movies, I think the first movie, right? He's in some, I know that indie fans will, sacrifice, will crucify me for messing this story up, but He's inside this cavern on this perilous ledge and he, you know, there's a there's a big chasm between him and and safety and he gets this prompting to step out, and but he doesn't see where he can step until he actually takes a step and the step appears, right? And we get signs like this all the time. So if you will just do it now, again, I didn't know what I was doing, but look at how beautifully, you know, everything has turned out. Right. Had I stopped anywhere along the way yeah. and really questioned it and said, yeah, I don't know what this is going to look like on the other side. I wouldn't be here with you today.
2: And I, Yeah, I, I love that. And I love that story because <clears throat> I always tell when I'm coaching anyone who wants to start a business or they want to start a new life or they're going through a relationship recovery. I always say you don't have to know how you just have to know why. And, and that's what you did. And that's what I did. It's, you know, stop. If we stop looking backwards at, at this happened and this happened. And I always believed, oh, I was dealt a bad, you know, hand in life until I didn't believe it anymore until I decided that, no, that's not true. And I can have anything that I look at anybody else having or any desires that I have. And I love that you said our guidance system. And I believe <clears throat> I follow um, Abraham Hicks, who talks about, you know, our higher self and our Esther.
3: Uh, yeah. Esther.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And, um, she, that's just it. You do what feels good. And, and you didn't know why you were doing these things. You just knew it felt better than where you were. And I, it's that simple. One of the reasons I write about the dogs is the dogs don't overthink anything. They just do what feels good in the moment. And that's the whole premise of we have to live life. Now we can't be irresponsible and you know, just continue, you know, just, Oh, I don't want to pay bills today. I would rather just go skip down the street. I mean, obviously there has to be a balance there, but I love that you're a shining example of, I didn't know where the step was, but I stepped out. So, so let's continue. Where did you go from there? So you, you went from being the entertainment lawyer and, and you said it actually ended up being more than that. Right.
3: Indeed. Um, I did get to open the doors that I thought I wanted to open. But um, once I did open it, uh, I felt like Dorothy arriving in the land of Oz finally. Okay. And she pulls up in the curtain. And what does she see? She sees an old man with crazy hair and you know crazy clothes. And he's just pulling levers that make noise and create smoke and, and all the things that were causing fear in the rest of the community. And she gets very upset, right? Well, I got very upset, too, because pulling back the curtain on Hollywood and on the music industry, I experienced a lot of negativity. My clients experienced a lot of negativity. It's a very abusive environment. It's a very, um, it's an environment that really does. And it's set up to take advantage of people. And I didn't like it. I didn't like that one bit. So I had to come to terms with why do I want to be in this industry so much? Why do I want to be on that stage? Why do I want to be, my my objective was to be the modern day Julio Iglesias. That was what I would tell people that I was working towards um, because he was like, at the time, the biggest international recording artist that the world had ever seen and in English and Spanish. And I wanted that, right? Um, And I had the talent and I had the skills to do it, but I didn't like the entertainment industry. And so, I had to really go deep and into analysis, deep analysis. You know, why, 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 why? And finally, the whys led me to ask, what is it that I'm really looking for? And I knew, as I said, it wasn't fame, fortune, none of that. Um, I was looking for love. Once I realized that I was looking for love and not the actual life of an entertainer, I said, "Uh uh-huh, where else can I get love if not as an entertainer? So even still, right, I didn't have the maturity and the awareness to know I don't need to look at it for it outside of myself. That didn't come to later. I said, how else can I get love if not as an entertainer? So I said, photographers get love. They're creative. That was my second passion, right? It was my second hobby. Uh, or it was my hobby at the time because the music was actually a career. It wasn't a hobby. Um, Law was a career. Music was a career. And I had a hobby of photography. So I said, photographers get love. They create works of art that are going to outlive us. You can create legacy. And how many times, Maureen, (laughs) have you gone to your favorite restaurant and seen photos from the 1800s? On the wall, you know, with the people standing there with their pitchforks and shovels and, you know, costumes and those kinds of things. And you wonder, what were their dreams? What were their life like? You know, they looked like they lived a hard life, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, so my works of art will be hanging in restaurants and museums 200 years from now. People get to see them. Yay. So I reinvented myself. So I decided, well, that's it then. I'm going to reinvent myself in Dallas, Texas as a photographer. Left the practice of law altogether. This was 2004. Um, Left the music industry behind. I had an album that was considered for a Grammy Award, my first album. Uh Um, And so I had the makings of continuing, but I decided, no, I'm done. I'm done. Let's go and become a photographer. So I moved to Dallas, Texas. And I started shooting photos for um, motorcycle uh, bike builders, custom bike builders, right? It was very big in the Orange County Chopper days, back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, etc. And it was a big deal. And so I would go around to these events in Austin. There was a big bike week in Austin. Um, and I would go around to the custom bike builders and uh, hand out my business card, introduce myself. And they would look at my card and go, what? Galigas? Galigas what? How do you say your name? right? Because my business was Gallego's photography. You pronounce my name beautifully because you only look like a white girl. <laughs> right? But these guys not only looked like white people, but they were beautiful white people. <laughs> beautiful white people, right? I'm not, I'm not getting down on them at all. But I figured much like you you said earlier before we came on the show, Arizona,
0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: I know how to speak Spanish because Arizona.
2: That's well, right. Say- Shout out to the West Side Glendale High School graduate <laughs> right here. I mean. I nice. was, I was the, probably more the minority at my high school. So yeah, I, I, you know, the Hispanic pronunciations and the demographic, I mean, that's like norm, you know, that's normal for me, but you know, people get surprised when they look at me and say, exactly. You, you understand exactly. some Spanish. So, <laughs> so Mr. Yeah. So, comes on. <laughs> so,
3: so Galegos's phone is not ringing. And I would go back to my, I had hired a, a marketing firm at the time to help me establish myself and, and get more clients. And it worked beautifully until I ran into this roadblock. And they said, well, you know, maybe you should consider changing your name. And then I got proud. Oh, I'm not changing my name for anybody, blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> I had been asked to do that as a lawyer. My partners asked me to change my name in a brief that we were filing with the California Supreme Court because they felt that the Supreme Court justices would just look at my name on the brief and dismiss it outright. And we had a big fight. Uh, I won and I won the case too uh, with the Supreme Court um, uh, opinion. But so I, I'm, I'm there. Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. Well, this is the reality, right? So how about we don't change it completely, but we kind of make it something fun and you know exciting. What? How about Stevie G photography? And it was like, Wow, I like that. I can be Stevie <laughs> G, right? Because it wasn't really changing my name. Right. The G's still there. I'm just shortening it. And Stevie, okay, I can do that. So I became Stevie G Photography. Now, when I went to these custom bike builder events, Stevie G, yeah, man, come on in and, you know, let's talk and all this stuff. And I got um, a lot of business and the business grew. And as a result of that, I came to the attention of uh, a magazine publisher who um had a, uh, a food magazine and a medical magazine in the Dallas DFW area. And I began to became their staff photographer and there had several other magazines. I became their staff photographer. So life was good, right? I was on a roll. I was gonna be this awesome, amazing photographer. And we were also talking earlier about joining the chamber, local chamber. I was a member of the Frisco Chamber, Frisco, Texas and um, became uh, very popular there through my photography. But people always would come up to me, Maureen, and ask me questions about life, love, sex, relationships, marriage, business, law, obviously. Not about photography. And I go, what's going on here? So I asked a friend, I said, why do you think I'm... And he said, well, you seem to have it all together. Now, clearly... I still don't have it all together, but I guess <laughs> I put on a good show. <laughs> so
2: they believed. Again, believe I had again it. <laughs> you just didn't have the belief. You did have it all together. You just didn't have the belief that, that all do. of those experiences made you this fantastic resource for all of those things that people came to you for.
3: Exactly. So I started looking at that and I said, hmm. And so then I started looking up my Marine Corps days. I was a mentor, a tutor trainer, teacher, guide. As a musician, I did a lot of that, especially when you're on stage, you're bringing the audience into a new experience. You're guiding them out of whatever bad day they had, those kinds of things with your song, with your music, because you have to know your audience. Um, As a lawyer, that's all you do is protect clients all day long and guide them and help them and those kinds of things. As a police officer, that's all I did. So I started seeing these common threads. You had mentioned earlier mm. all you need to know is why all you need to know is why you want to do something, and I would suggest that if you don't know why, it's okay too. Just pursue it; the why will come later, mm. right? Because mm. now it's two thousand six, two thousand seven. I'm now realizing the why I've made all these career transitions because I'm here to guide and train and mentor others. That's my role. That's my purpose in this life is to. Serve yeah. others in that capacity. Yes. And so I thought, okay, well, how can I monetize this? Again, 2006, 2007, there was this cottage industry coming up of life coaches. I didn't like the sound of it, but <laughs> I did like executive coaching. Aha. Uh-huh. So I went, I found a company in uh, Dallas, got myself trained and certified as an executive coach. And then they would send me into corporations and chambers of commerce to teach the executive teams about ethics and time management and leadership and these kinds of things. But it was all follow the book. Okay, everybody turn to page 96 now. Everybody with me on page 90. But you could see Maureen, the dead faces in the room where they would just check off, check off, turn the page, look around, look at their clock. Because this stuff wasn't exciting. It wasn't hitting them. They were there. The only reason they were there is because they were told they had to go through this, right? Diversity training, uh, sensitivity training, all these things. So I said, I'm not making an impact. I'm not having any impact on these people at all. Because while we're sitting here talking about ethics and time management, John over there is having an affair. Bob is concerned that his kids are on drugs. Um Sandy over here on the other side, she's got uh gambling addiction, right? Yeah. And those are the reasons that they're not performing. Those are the reasons that they're not showing up for work, right? They're there physically but they're not there mentally and energetically. Yeah. And so the company, you know, the corporations they say i just want you to come in and help my team do this faster faster and better and more streamlined so that we can make more money so no 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 you have to work on your people you have to help your people become better so that they'll do better yeah. no, no 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 we just need sales training right we just need process we need a marketing process we need to streamline our copywriting right we need to change the colors we need to change our brand okay you can do all that but None of it is going to work. None of it's going to have an impact until you start reaching the people. And the only way you can reach the people is to actually sit down one-on-one and have a conversation with them and figure out what's going on in their lives, right? Nine times out of 10, Sally is in the wrong business. She's in the wrong company. She deserves or she should be at home taking care of her kids or writing books or pursuing acting or dancing or whatever it is that she wants to do because that's what makes her heart sing. Right. This job that she's been in for 30 years simply because it was the first job out of college and she needed the money,
2: yep. right? But yep. 30
3: years later, you wake up and go, how the F did I get here? <laughs>
2: yeah. oh,
3: right? So many people are feeling that. Um, and so I became this executive trainer, didn't like it, moved away from that, developed my own coaching and training. And that has led me to where I am today, getting able to speak on beautiful shows like yours, getting interviewed. Um, writing books, uh, having spoken internationally, etc., um, to help people, like I said, do better, become better in their communications, relationships, and in their uh, self self mastery. Um, because I believe that those are the three pillars that hold your life together. If your communications, relationships, or your self mastery is off, your life is not going it's going to be out of balance,
2: right? Hundred percent. I am a hundred percent on board. And I'm not mad at you for not liking life coaching because not all of us <laughs> are made in the life coach mold. I, I love what you said. And it made me, it just triggered something in my mind. So I was in a corporate job that was soul sucking for 26, 27 years. And it was, and this is just something that popped into my brain. You know, there's a word tenure, T-E-N-U-R-E. Well, I used to think it was. Ten, ten years, <laughs> and and literally, I was my. Head. I want you to make it to a ten year anniversary at a company. I think you have a fork in the road because I think when you think of ten years, for some reason as humans, it's a milestone. I'm either going to keep going and just stay in this because I've already put in this much time. Or I think I need to get out now and and start something before I'm here for 20 years. So that was beautiful what you said. I agree with you. If people do not feel cared for, if they do not feel accepted and they do not get bullied Validated in a company, they will not stay. You're going to get a nine to five out of them, and they don't care. All they're thinking about is what happens when they're not there. They're not engaged, they're not motivated, and they're driven. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I was passionate at when I joined the company at 25, I was passionate about moving up and I would move up to a lead role. And then I moved up to a supervisor role. And someone said, you should go do do this. And I said, no, I'm riding this till the wheels fall off and I'm going to make a difference. Well, me wanting to make a difference and my bosses seeing the difference I was making were two different things. And when they didn't see it, I no longer cared to make it. So thank you for that. You are so right. And if these leaders in today's business world and, and CEOs and companies are not seeing that picture that you're bringing, which is connect with your employees, they're not numbers. They're people that need to know you value them because your people are the reason you get a paycheck every week. So Mm -hmm. I I love, love your perspective on that. So let's talk about where you're at now. And I want to talk about the Voices of Impact Awards, the co-founder and president of Voices of Impact Awards. What does that do? What are you doing with it? It looks amazing. And I want to be a contender. So what do I have to do?
3: (laughs) Imagine Maureen um, TEDx, meets the Grammys meets American Idol.
2: Oh, wow. The, can, I, the, can I just do this? Oh. OK. <laughs> as I, long as you that. can.
3: If you can do that for yeah, you can do that. Um, <laughs> after many years of, of getting to share, the privilege of sharing my story on shows such as yours, people in stages, live stages, <clears throat> live appearances, People would always come up to me and say, Steve, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so moved, motivated. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start a job. I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to quit my, my job. I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do whatever it is that they feel inspired to do. And I would say, thank you. But you know what? I bet you have a great story, too, and you should share it. Okay. And they would leave. Multiple times after saying this, it dawned on me, Maureen, that there is really no safe place for the average person to be recognized and celebrated and share their story in a safe place. So we decided to create it. Because if you want to be the next Tony Robbins or the next Maureen Scanlon or the next Oprah Winfrey, there are stages that you can go to. And and you know, if you want to pursue those kind of careers as an author, as a speaker, as a as a, as a you know, performer, you know where you have to go, but the first responder, the healthcare nurse, the ER nurse, the stay-at-home mom, the corporate executive that has fought for years to get where she is, breaking all kinds of rules and ceilings and boundaries and, and jumping over obstacles, they've been through some stuff. They have lessons that they can share with the world, but they don't see themselves as the next Maureen Scannon, right? So... Is there a place for them to be celebrated and honored? And we said, yes, we're going to create it. Because just as you pointed out, the people in corporations, right, the employees that drive the profits and make the sales and create the products and services that the corporations go out and then sell and make billions off of, they deserve to be celebrated and recognized. And what a better way to do it than through our own awards show, the equivalent of the Oscars, but for the everyday person, the everyday hero. And so that's what we've created with the Voices of Impact Awards. So it's an annual event. This is our first year. And uh, we're also going through our speed bumps and, you know, learning curves and those kinds of things because, well, I've produced concerts and events before. I've never produced anything on this scale. And so uh, it's been a learning experience, too. But essentially, for the um, people that want to participate, it's just a matter of signing up and then submitting your story idea. You don't even need to have your story written yet. And if you've never done that before, shared your story, we train you and mentor you and guide you for free. Right? There's mentors, there's uh, resource partners, as we call them, that are professionals in writing, speaking, branding, presenting, um, all kinds of things, podcasting, uh, and and a number of other variety of things. So... The participants get all this training for free and then you have a period of time before you actually submit the video of your presentation these videos are analyzed by the judging panel and then finalists are selected 10 finalists will be selected to present live on stage here in denver uh, in front of a live audience and a live judging panel just like american idol and where the grammys come in is because there's music involved and you get to walk on stage to your own song Right, Maureen, I know you've got this hero song that you love that just fires you up, that wakes you up, no matter how you're feeling, if you're feeling down, you listen to this song, and it just picks you up and shoots you across the moon, right? That's the song you get to walk out to. So it's a celebration of the person, as long as you have a story that can inspire humanity. And we don't mean made up, we mean something that you've been through, and you've all been through it. Yeah. And because I'm a musician and and songwriter too, I recognize the power of song and the power of music. And so this is also open to songwriters. So if you have an original song that you would like to submit that can inspire humanity, think of songs like um, I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me, right? One of my favorites in the world. In fact, that's the song that inspired me to include songs in the Voices of Impact Awards. Marvin Gaye, uh you know what's going on, and Mercy Me. I mean, I'm, there's just so many songs that we use as banners, as hymns, right, for humanity and inspiration, and motivation. And we need more of that music, yes. right? Yes. Um, and so that's what we've created. And um,
2: just sounds—it just gonna be sounds like fascinating, so amazing, and. Listeners, if you want to be a part of that, I agree with you. Music, the thing about music is it is a story with music. I mean, that's when you listen to the impactful songs, I think of so many songs when I hear them. Oh, I remember that stage in my life. I remember how that got me through. Um, and and the feeling that someone got it. Someone's mm-hmm. been there. They've had that heartbreak or, you know, one of my favorites is Fight Song by Rachel Platten. you know, mm-hmm. it's always that kind of, let's do this or unstoppable by Sia or champion by Carrie Underwood. Those are my theme songs. I'm walking on to champion by Carrie Underwood, by the way. So save that song for me. Um, It is, it's, it's impactful and, and that you bring this all together and that you recognize people because there's a heck of a lot more regular celebrity heroes out there in the real world no offense celebrities but you got a break and you're one in a million Mm -hmm. and the real heroes and the real celebrities and the people who should be celebrated are those every one of my guests I I will nominate all of them we're we're on episode 80 you are episode 85 all 85 guests of mine so far Um, need to be nominated so I thank you so much for that and as we wrap it up first of all we're going to tell everyone how to find you so uh shoot away um anything that you want to share with everybody that you have coming out or upcoming or how to sign up where your websites are all of it take it away
3: Thank you for that, Maureen. Um, And thank you for a beautiful interview. This has been fun. It wasn't even an interview, it was a conversation, right? Yeah, awesome. And and you're pretty awesome too. In fact, I'd love to invite you to interview on the show for the Voices of Impact Awards. We also have a uh, audio and video podcast called From Story to Impact, where we highlight some of the contestants in the... So whether or not you ever make it to the finals, and you probably will, we can uh, honor you and celebrate you on our show. So I'll send you the invitation for that.
2: Oh, Um, you're amazing. Let me think about it. Yes. See how I didn't (laughs) hesitate or overthink that listeners. I'm in. I'm
3: You'll know why later. You'll figure (laughs) out the why later. Exactly. Um, But for people to contact me, the first thing I'd love for them to do is for them to contact you. Reach out to Maureen and say, Number one, thank you for producing this show and for introducing me to Steve, not only to Steve, but to your previous 84 guests, um, because it takes a lot of time and dedication and talent and um, sacrifice, really, to produce a quality show like this, like Maureen has. And, um, you know, she doesn't do it for any other reason than to bring you the information that you need so you can create a better life for yourself. So she'll know how to get a hold of me and If you're trying to reach Maureen and she's just so inundated with messages from people trying to figure out, how do I reach Steve? You can go directly to my website, stevegsuccess.com or go to the Voices of Impact Awards, -awards voiawards.com and register to become one of our storytellers. Again, you don't need experience. This isn't for experienced speakers. Although if you are an experienced speaker, you're more than welcome. I didn't mean to suggest that that you're not, you are welcome. We want everybody that has something that they can inspire the world with, a lesson. Um, And when you come visit the Voices of Impact Awards, uh, you can subscribe, even without registering to compete, and you're going to get a copy of my book, How to Write Your Story. Because this is another thing, Maureen, is none of us are taught to speak about ourselves, right? We grow up we're told shut up and be quiet just sit there and look pretty you don't know anything put your hand down right and those kinds of things and so we take that into adulthood we go on our first date and she says well tell me about you steve and i'm like oh well what do you want to know i was born (laughs) i was born (laughs) here my parents here i went to school right my resume i'm reading my resume
2: right? Yes. That's
3: not how we build connections with people. And so most people don't know how to share their story. Yeah. So I wrote a book that'll teach you exactly how to do it. So you don't need to be afraid. So whether you use it in our awards or you use it at work
2: or on your next date, go for it. That's I love for. it. I love it. Yeah, you're correct. Usually we, we tell um, our story in the context of it's what I do, not who I am. And that's the key to getting that impact in, in storytelling is who are you really? And, and who needs to hear what you have to offer? So you're just absolutely fantastic. And I knew I told you I would find a connection we had so many connections. So uh, yeah, we're connected for life here. Um, I, I cannot thank you for, as I always say, the hour of your life that you gave to me, you gifted to me and that time to me is more valuable than money. And when you give me that hour of your life, I don't take that lightly, and I think it's just beautiful that I got to know you. You'd never come across my path any other way. That's why this podcast is my passion, and everything that I do um, is surrounded around this. If, if this is all that I did, then I would be t- completely fulfilled in life, but I have to keep moving forward. I can't be stagnant. Correct. So everything's always kind of heavy on my podcast, so what I like to do, my friend, is we like to end it on a little bit of a light note. And I have a little segment called Take My Money. Take and my money. What this segment is, is I want to know, and, and I'm going to give some examples while you think on it. I want to know the weird and wackiest thing either you've purchased or you've seen for sale and i've had some doozies in every single episode i presented it's been from etsy ebay um amazon there's a site called um why i have no money i think that's what that one's called today i'll give you my my examples because mother's day is coming up and these are all examples from amazon And I think these are fantastic being a mother of three and a grandma of three and a half with one on the way, another one on the way in August, there's a candle and on the candle, it reads mom's last nerve. Oh, look, it's on fire. That one I really like. I think that's a a cool one. Um, There's another one. There's a mug. So there's a couple of mugs that I like. Uh, One is sorry, you had to raise my sibling. Signed your favorite, <laughs> which I definitely is funny. I would definitely give my parents that one. Um, there's one that's uh has chaos coordinator on it, which I can relate to that one. I love the chaos coordinator. There's also a uh you can have a throw pillow case personalized with your face so your mother can see your shining little beautiful face on her sofa at all times. And if anyone is like me, mom's out there there, if you have less than 20 pillows on your couches and beds, then you're not living life. And so why not? I would die to have personalized throw pillowcases of all of my children and grandchildren. Okay. And then I'm going to end it with my very favorite one and I'm going to throw it to you. (laughs) This one is actually kind of mean, but I think it's hilarious because it's kind of my humor. It's a mug and it says in big letters, mom, you're going to be a grandma. And then underneath in small writing, it says one day, but until then, here's a mug. That's like <laughs> such a tease. If you get to your mom and she's been bugging you for grandchildren, it's a fantastic gag gift. It's mean, and she'll probably throw it at you or throw the personalized throw pillow at you at least, but that's fantastic. So with that, my examples, Mr. Steve, what do you have for me? Well,
3: before I share that, I think that you should have throw pillows made of all of your 85 podcast guests.
2: <laughs> should I, yeah, yeah. I, I should. do that with your promo, your promo <laughs> graphics on then and I mail them to you. Oh, my gosh. I love that idea. Look at you. You're always like thinking outside of the box in marketing. I, that's what you do. It's what you're good at. There ah.
3: is no box. There is no <laughs> box. But listen, um, those are fabulous gifts. And you're right. Mother's Day is coming up. And uh, my wife and I have been um, talking about this already. I said, what do we get mom? My mom's in her 90s. Uh, she just turned 90. Um, And so it's like, you know, she has everything, she doesn't need it. So we want to give her an experience, but we're in Denver and she's in Dallas. And so we're trying to figure it out. Um, However, I have to share with you that my shopping privileges have been suspended indefinitely uh, (laughs) by my wife because, um, let's see, I was watching while we were living in Dallas, the Home Shopping Network, and uh, before she knew it, I had two air fryers being delivered to our house. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) no reason we didn't really need one but we ended up giving one to my mom and we kept the other one we used it maybe twice and then you know it's collecting dust ever since and then the other time that uh, I was allowed to shop for myself I thought I needed this really cool magnet device that attaches to the vent of my the on the dashboard of my car right the dashboard so it's a little rubber thing that goes inside the vent, and then it's got a, a little, um, I don't know, thing on it, magnet, and then this piece of metal that you see back here, you put it on the, it's actually supposed to go inside the case, I didn't know, okay, number three reason why I'm not allowed to shop anymore, so anyway, so this sticks onto the magnet on the dashboard of the car, well, I was so excited by this thing that I bought 30 of them. And I said, because they were on sale, like I was, get, I get them for like 10 bucks each. And I said, honey, these are fabulous. I bought 30 of them. And I was going to then sell them. So I started selling them for $20. Nobody bought them. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't give them away to anybody. So <laughs> for those reasons, my wife says, credit card, my purse, no home shopping network, no None of those late night infomercials for you. You're going to bed at 10 o'clock. TV's off. <laughs> I, not not allowed.
2: <laughs> I love it. I'm always a sucker for a new uh, kitchen appliance. Cause So I'm right there with you. I have every single possible, you know, kitchen appliance because I think they're fantastic. Make my life easier. That's all I know. I actually have a bitty little sandwich maker where you just put the sandwich <laughs> in there. And then I think then it's like teeny um, I love it. I love that your privileges are indefinitely suspended, um, or at least they need to be reviewed. So great job! Thank you for that. Thirty of them is a little excessive. You know, I'm I'm not judging. Nobody's judging here. We are judgment free zone.
3: I still um, have twenty five of them in the garage in case any of your listeners want to buy one for twenty dollars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you need to start an online an online store called Things I Don't Need. Um, yeah. I, I love it. Things my wife told me I should get rid of. Um, this was absolutely so much fun. I love your spirit. I love everything about you, your whole aura and you, you're just amazing. You're, I'm so happy you're on this planet I'm so happy that you're serving others and spreading that light. Um, you're just, you're just amazing. Um, thank you again. So, I'm going to wrap up this week's podcast with a little bit of housekeeping here. You guys know where to find me. Uh, My story is always about learning how to be your own best friend through the eyes of your dog. That's my Ted talk. As soon as I land it, for any life coaching for self-esteem, self-image, self-identity, self-confidence, all of that, recovering from relationships, divorce, Dating coaching, relationship coaching, business coaching, couples coaching, my absolute favorite. Uh, You know where to find me, lifecoachmaureen.com. And don't forget my books at Amazon. My dog is more enlightened than I am. And my dog is my relationship coach. Our online boutique for healthy dog products and fun gifts. My dog is everything.net. And I'm going to mention, if you guys have not joined our Facebook group, uh, Mindfulness and Positivity Seekers, it's a great place to go and get just some fun memes and positivity on the internet. Sometimes it can be kind of a downer on social media, and you can at least go to this group. Everyone will support you. And there's a little kind of neat thing we added, which is a little chat. And I've noticed... Uh, a lot of the members are chatting and and encouraging each other, so that's kind of a fun thing. And we are at, I think, I can't even remember how our amount of members, but I think we're at 1,900 members. So let's let's build the, the community, and by sharing this podcast as well, just tell your friends and family, hey, this is fun. We have wonderful guests on here that have so much to teach you, like Steve Gallegos. And many, many more wonderful, inspiring guests, just share it. And I'm hoping to reach anyone out there who needs something if they're at their knee moment and they need to hear that inspiring story and say, I need a little piece of hope. This is the place to find it. And it's everything that I live for. It's everything that I do. It's why I serve because I want to be the voice my younger self needed. And that's always been my goal from coaching, writing, speaking, and podcasting. Let me be that voice for you because you can do this. You can create your life. Just like Steve said, he didn't know why, but he just did it. And let's just do it. Let us help you take those first steps. So thank you all so much for being here. I love you all send us anything comments. You want to be a guest, um, give us good reviews so we can definitely be more visible, uh, to more people. So, uh, love you all. I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic week. Please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Most of all, please take care of those furry babies and adopt. Don't shop until next week. I'm out of here.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the I Never Knew podcast. If you found today's episode inspiring and educational, please be sure to follow, subscribe, and spread the word. The more people that join the Inc. community, the more it can develop and influence others as we work together for a healthier and brighter future. Until next time.